Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Well, apparently the trade dispute involving the Golden Knights has been rectified, but we're still going to need some clarification. So I'm going to step aside and let Lindsay mm. and our special guest, Travis Yost, get down to the nitty gritty. But first, I remind you that all insider calls are powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Travis Yost, you are a hockey wizard of numbers and words, and you can absolutely use that description to fill that empty Twitter bio space if you want to. But we needed to have you on. Uh, it, probably the most important guest we've had on this show in quite a long time because we need to make sense of the latest Golden Knights attempt at salary cap sorcery. Uh, where, where do we stand at this juncture? Who is to blame? And is there a comparable in your mind? They either need to make a trade um, after the trade deadline, which is allowable. But remember, none of those players moved after the deadline can play for Vegas. So right. um, the price to move a player like Dadnov and his contract has went up, I'm sure, substantially for Vegas. Um, but really, I think more so, what's even more interesting than just the Vegas perspective is, to me, two things. One, how you even end up in this scenario. Correct. <laughs> I don't, I don't, for the life of me, you know, the NHL, in my, this is my opinion, the NHL has been very coy hiding behind reporters, giving them little drip, drip, drip information from this trade. And I think that's happening because the NHL looks horrible here. I mean, the reality is how this situation occurred, which is the million dollar question everyone is asking, is the NHL Central Registry does mm-hmm. not register no trade list. So all of these trades that have been worked out with limited no-trade clauses, which, by the way, may or may not change on any given year, as they did in the case of Gemi Dadanov, it's completely, apparently, incumbent on the teams operating the deal to understand not just who is on the no-trade list, but to also exchange that information. Now, we don't know if there are, you know, there are contractual procedural ways to do this. We don't know if it's a norm within the league. But time and time again, the league's done it three times over the last three days. The league has insinuated that Ottawa did not give Vegas a current or a fresh version of the no-trade list. And where I think that comes into play, to me, the NHL had to nullify the trade. I mean, Vegas could not have moved that play, could not have moved Adenov. It clearly injures his rights as a player and the union that, that they never would have let that trade go through. To me, the question now is, number one, 
does the NHL do anything on, on an accommodating standpoint um, on behalf of Vegas? That seems unlikely. The on behalf of the player, how about that, Travis? I, he's going to be – he's in a weird spot too now, right? Because Vegas is saying, hey, we're welcoming back to the team. And, like, you know, I, so, some people could say, you know what, I, it's a great opportunity, I'll play it out. And other people are like, you middle know fingers. what, I have no interest in playing here. Double I middle no fingers. That's here. that's how I would roll. Because there's so many implications that you're starting to get into, Travis, that, that go outside of the actual locker room dynamics. But at this point, just seeing what we see from the Golden Knights, how they treat players on the way out. Not necessarily on the way in or when they're when they're here. I, I'm starting to think if I'm a if I'm a player about to enter free agency or if I'm an agent, I'm thinking twice about signing there. I, absolutely, and that's why I think uh, I think the most interesting thing, really longer term, is what is the actual solution to this? Because it's clear the NHL's oversight failed. I mean that that is something we also know, right? You can put that in the facts again category, and again right and again. Dad and Ovid's back, yeah, right next to Dad and Ovid's still a golden knight. The other thing that I think is worth watching, the NHL has not been coy or shy about inferring through everyone else uh, that Ottawa may have botched this. If that is the case, I I do wonder if there is going to be something punitive on the side of the Ottawa Senators. Now, that may not benefit or affect Vegas in any way. I just can't for the life of me seeing the NHL holding the bag for something that they believe – the Ottawa Senators and NHL affiliates screwed up. So, yes, you have an oversight discussion, number one. But number two, if an NHL affiliate actually deviated from an established process and injured another team, in this case the Vegas Golden Knights, mm. we've seen not maybe not with no trade list, but we've seen similar instances in this in which teams are fined or docked draft picks. So I am very curious now, not just what happens with Vegas and, and obviously everything going on there, there is there, the Ottawa Senators are not are not removed from 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 being potentially on the hook here either. If if what the NHL is inferring is correct, that they were the ones who got this ball rolling down the hill. Well, and the correct hockey answer too here, Travis, is that everybody in the room is at fault. If you're pointing fingers, there's four of them coming right back at you. So I'm like, if I'm the Golden Knights, what stopped you from meeting with your players weeks out of the trade deadline just to run through with everyone? Even Mark Stone, do you have a trade de- a trade clause? Do you have a list of teams? Like just to make sure. But I know that that's like above and beyond bare minimum, and every we need to kind of adjust that. But I, I just. For, for a sport that preaches uh, attention to detail, the grind, all these things, it's just so bothersome to see how the shield actually plays that out and how short they usually fall. And for me, the, the easiest way to rectify a lot of the, the things that ail the NHL, be that this situation, be that how they handle the Chicago Blackhawks stuff, uh, it's new commissioner. But I don't know if that's a, a, a true thing that can exist in this reality right now. So what is that for you? Well, Lindsay, I'll tell you right now, I don't think I've ever agreed on something more in my life and it, 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 on, on this very specific point. I love hockey. I mean, I love hockey. I think everyone who watches the NHL loves hockey. I, I really struggle to, to understand any argument of people suggesting this is a well-run league because whether, to your point, whether it was, at, I mean, Anaheim, Vegas, Ottawa, the NHL, the player, his agents, at the end of the day, it, 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 you're only left with realizing that the NHL seems like it's ran like a, a, a mom-and-pop deli. I mean, how on earth... And that's offensive NHL to the delis, Travis. I, I, I just, it, for the life of me, it does not make sense why you would not. A central entity like the NHL is the only logical place 
to how how is information like no trade list and things of that nature. And I saw some speculation that they don't want to do it because there's too much leaking out of the NHL. Again, that is an NHL problem to fix. And I go back, there was a discussion. I was obviously I've been talking quite a bit about this the last few days. Someone made a really good point that I forgot about. Um, Gary Bettman had a, a, a infamous quote about, I believe it was post-general manager, pre-cap friendly era. Mm. And obviously this entire league runs off of public, you know, public websites made by hobbyists, you know, whether it's stats, contracts, you name it. And Gary Bettman had a very fascinating quote, which is effectively, no one really cares. The public doesn't care. The fans don't really care about financials and contracts and salary cap information or anything of that ilk. That was a quote from Gary Bettman a few years back. I bring that up today because the only credible place that noted that Evgeny Dadanov did have a modified no-trade clause, although even they would be blind to that no-trade list, was cap-friendly, a third-party website created and manufactured by hobbyists like myself. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, this doesn't happen in the NFL. This doesn't happen in the NBA. Clearly, there are very smart and talented people who care deeply about the league. But for, for effectively 15 years now, at least in the modern era of stats, in the modern era of really information, the information era, it's all been done in the public by hobbyists, not by the NHL. And I, to me, that, that, that is a perpetual black eye for the league because it, it's, 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 it's a self-defeating prophecy, right? The league cannot get out of their own way, and this is right. another example of them and their affiliates running into a wall. Well, and you know that the departments for oversight exist, but like how many people are actually in the department? How much money are they given? How overstretched are they? And we could say the same thing about just how uh, it works out on the ice. When you're looking at, at trade deadline acquisitions and you're, you're a team that's a contender, you're not looking for the star piece to put you over the edge. You're looking for guys to help them do their uh, the dirty work so the, the stars of the team can get to their best game. So for you, just to kind of move away from the incompetence and maybe have some, you know, some good feelings about this entire league who's the most impactful bottom six acquisition this trade deadline and why uh, Arturi Lekin in Colorado um, I first off Colorado is if they're not number one they're top three you know best well-run franchise in the NHL and yes it's easier to say that about Colorado because they've been winning relentlessly but it's a feedback loop they only acquire talented players and guys who fit in their lineup and Arturi Lekin um, I wrote a piece about him day before the trade deadline. I thought he was going to be one of the most undervalued players moved at the trade deadline. He is a extremely high-end fourth-line talent. Teams never score against him when he's on the ice. Any offensive upside is still offensive upside. I mean, there is a reason why he's in the bottom six. Doesn't have great. He's not a great individual shooter. But if you look at his career in Montreal the last few years, he's played with some of the most dismal offensive talent you could find. He's played on a really mediocre to subpar team. And his results have been sterling for years in Montreal. I think he's going to fit in like a glove in Montreal. I think they become even more hellacious to play against. And quite frankly, the NHL, you know, I I know it's not as imbalanced maybe as the NFL right now between the AFC and NFC, but the majority of high-end teams, at least today, are sitting in the Eastern Conference. And Colorado is as situated well as anyone out West, especially with Vegas taking multiple steps back, especially in the second half of the year. Colorado is as well situated as anyone to reach Stanley Cup, and I thought they had the best 
quiet, low, you know, value, lower cost ad of anyone at the trade deadline. Yeah, there's no excuse. They can't even say the injury bug hit hit them the worst because, as you mentioned, that was the Golden Knights. They've just seen so much good play across so many layers and years. I'm glad to see that everything's coming together, and I hope that they're able to translate that because I grew up an Avs fan uh, before the Wild showed up. But when we're talking about that that calendar flip, we've seen unbelievable regular seasons from Jakob Markstrom, from Freddie Anderson, from Igor Shosturkin, from Sergei Bobrovsky, all of them having unbelievable years but the postseason is a different animal and sometimes we see a complete personality shift be that because of their own play or maybe the team in front of them so who are you most nervous in that group that I just gave you and I I think your one two heart trophy candidates have by far the most pressure on their you know the most weight on their shoulders no one is has more pressure to deliver in the postseason than Austin Matthews just because I and I I, I wrote about it this year this is the first year I think Toronto is a genuine Stanley Cup contender as well. I mean, they, they've had a very good team for years, but also a flawed team at times. This is the deepest team they've had. I, Austin Matthews is every bit. He, he's not. He's not. He's not Connor McDavid, but he's every bit the second best player in the league. He may be the best goal scorer in the league, but the team still hasn't gotten out of the first round. I mean, we've been talking about this with the Maple Leafs for years. If if there if ever it was going to be a time to deliver, this is the year for Austin Matthews. But I think Shostakin's a great example too, because the majority of the reason why the Rangers have been able to really rebuild on the fly and really remain competitive throughout is, I mean, it, it's like a Brett Favre, Darren Rogers thing. I mean, they go yeah. from Henrik Lundqvist, Igor Shostakin. They've got, they've got. They, it seems like they never have a bad backup goaltender either in New York. Um, he has. He has arguably been, along with Austin Matthews, the most valuable player in the league this year. He's been absolutely sensational, a little cooler of late. But I think the Rangers, if he is on his A-plus game like he's been the majority of the regular season, the Rangers are in that Tampa, Toronto, Florida, Carolina mix. Mm-hmm. If, 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 but if the Rangers are getting A-minus, B-plus goaltending, we know they're a predominantly counterattacking team. They're going to eventually lose on a, on a volume basis in the playoffs. So, when it, from a goaltending perspective, the weight is on his shoulders 10 over. Maybe not as much pressure because of how, he, how much younger he is. Um, stepping into a newer role, you know, relative to a player like Matthews, who's got all the pressure on him. Um, but he will be one of the most impactful players in either direction uh, come, come playoff time. You mentioned the Rangers expedited rebuild. I think in many ways that that letter that they sent out to their fans, letting them know like, hey, we're selling off everyone that you hold near and dear. We're going to have better days ahead of us. That it kind of serves the hockey god. So it's it's a little bit quicker of a turnaround. You have a, a better feelings, better vibes around that locker room. And just considering all the drama that was going on last season, it's kind of surprising. But a team that's most poised to emerge out of the basement that would re- that would kind of hearken that those same vibes that the Rangers did. The Ducks, the Red Wings, the Senators the Devils or the Sharks, which team are you picking? Oh, it's not, that's not a murder's row of options you're giving me there. Mm. Um, I, I have to say, I, let, I have to say, though, Detroit has shown promise and progress, and we have to remember they are coming from, like, ground zero yeah. of the rebuild. And I, they got they goaltenders in the pipeline, too. They have, they completely got Sebastian Casa. Just like Ottawa did. Mm-hmm. But the difference between Detroit and Ottawa, and I actually think Ottawa has better high, better high-end talent. Josh Norris, Tim Stussel. I mean, these guys look outstanding in Selsie. Ottawa. But, but Ottawa has no money, and they have no, they have no front office objective whatsoever. Detroit is ran by a person who has been a master, a master at building lineups, building rosters. I'm going to give that team way more latitude. They have taken a demonstrative step forward this year. The other thing about Detroit, too, that, that puts them in a little bit of a better situation um, than maybe a team like San Jose, 
they, their their cap reality is night and day better. So again, I can look at San Jose roster today and say easily better um, than what we see in, in in Detroit right now. That that's a no brainer. But San Jose also has some seriously you know large and lengthy contracts still on the books. And you know a player like Eric Carlson is still fantastic. Like you're not you're not taking steps back because he's on the lineup. It does inhibit what you can do from a roster building standpoint, though. I, I am and he looked good up, earlier though. this year, Travis. I mean, it's always the question of whether or not he can be in the lineup, but even the last couple of years when it was the first uh, uh, moments with the, that new contract, he just didn't look the same. But this year, I was like, oh, my God, he's stepping up into the play. He can actually skate again, and he's a threat. The, the thing about Carlson just has to stay healthy, right? If he's mm-hmm. healthy, he's on the ice. He's a first-pairing defender. And whether he's worth $8 million or $10 million or $7 million in that year, you're not really you're, – you're really, you know, squeezing money differences there. I, I do think, though – you brought up a really good point about the Rangers kind of front-running or guiding how they envision the rebuild going. I think that was really important in retrospect. It's easy to say now, but Agreed. if you look at some of the most failed rebuilds, Edmonton, Buffalo, and increasingly Ottawa, even though there is talent in the lineup, they all have one common thing, multiple common things, but one thing sticks out. Uh, the goalposts perpetually moved mm. further and further away as the rebuild struggled more and more. And that is the quickest way to burn out a fan base. That is the quickest way to burn out a media that covers your team. Yep. I think the Rangers built some equity back with, with the people who follow their team. They knew they'd stink for a little bit. They didn't stink as bad. They got a bunch of young talent. And you know what? They're really competitive once again. It matters how you treat people, especially in this game. And you always treat us well when you grace us with your presence and hockey knowledge. Thank you so much, Travis, for, uh, for filling us all in. Thank you, guys. Take care. Always great to have Travis on. Uh, Travis Yossi used to write for TSN, be on the, on the TV. Like you said, he's kind of all over the place. He's one of those uh, just hockey legends that seems to be in the vein of everything that's going on without being attached. It's the, truly the winning formula. Insider calls are powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Now on the other side of the break, it's time to give some kudos to a certain governor in Utah. Stop! Yo! Engines. We're back at Coda. Here comes Austin Sindrick. Down the hill, 80 feet. Side by side, deeper in the field. How are you going to break for turn 11? Legato's going to look to the inside of Michael McDowell. Coming down into turn number 7. Both drivers hard on the brakes for McDowell. Turns right across his nose. It's the Echo Park, Texas Grand Prix. Sunday, March 27th at 11.30. Only on 11.40 the bet. Las Vegas. Philly Chevrolet has new extended weekday service, parts, and sales hours from 7 a.m. until 9 p.m. F-I-N-D-L-A-Y, Chevy is a place to buy. Home of the... Woo! Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There is a tremendous price war in the term life industry. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man aged 45, non-smoker, can get $1 million of coverage for $75 per month, level rate for 10 years. Or a man aged 50, non-smoker, can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110, level rate for 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates available for you as well. At Termbusters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote. 1-800-908-7636. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 1-800-908-7636. Remember, 1-800-908-7636. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker rate class. Exam requires 
required to qualify. NHRA Camping World Drag Racing is the fastest, most explosive sport on earth. And the NHRA Four Wide Nationals is headed back to the strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, April 1st through 3rd. Feel the power. 11,000 horsepower at 300 miles per hour times four. Get up close to the race pits and smell that nitro because every ticket's a pit pass. It's camp miss entertainment and fun for the whole family. Kids pull it under are free. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.